0: Fed has played basketball throughout his life. In fact, played at a pretty high level. Went up against a certain Luka Doncic, might I add.
1: It has now become a global game. You know, it has now become a game that belongs to to the world, not only the United States.
0: FIBA and the NBA have been at loggerheads for a long time. But now they've sort of come together for the league. And what do you think made that work?
1: There is, there is everything to be gained and nothing to be lost from this collaboration. So I think the tipping point there was understanding that you know the next 20 years, for many different reasons, are going to have to look at the whole world rather than just the United States, rather than just Europe. Africa has produced incredible athletes, male and female. We want to have the BAL, which is now NBA subsidized, you know, walking on its own legs in 15 years from now. And, and that's why the scope of the project it extends far beyond the basketball. Court. It's it's social, it's economic, it's everything. It's far beyond basketball. And basketball again is, is just a very, very good vehicle that allows you to do that. I don't want to speak about my research so much, but one of the things that I'll be looking at specifically will be, you know, the role that nonprofit basketball organizations like the one that I'm visiting in a couple of weeks can have in building this ecosystem. But really not not, you know, that corporate bullshit would have been fed sorry, can I say bullshit? I'll say it anyway. <laughs>
0: you can late. say anything on our podcast <laughs> hey everyone welcome back to an all new episode of all about sports the podcast a weekly sports podcast for the fans by the fans joining me today is a very very special guest it's a dear friend of mine federico batalia
1: incredible pronunciation of my last name impressive man thank you <laughs> what's up everyone <laughs>
0: So so before I get into what we I'm going to be discussing with Fed, let me just tell you a bit about Fed. Fed's a man of the world, has lived in the U.S., lived in Amsterdam, lived in London. And he, funny enough, he's from Italy. If the name didn't tell you that, then I don't know what will. But, but one thing that has kept him going and has driven him throughout his life has been basketball and that's exactly what we'll be discussing today fed has played basketball throughout his life in fact played at a pretty high level represented his country at the juniors level went up against a certain luka Doncic, might i add yeah. back then as well but he's just a humble guy he's blushing now he's turning red and he's gonna just swear at me after this podcast is done but <laughs> but the discussion today is going to be something very different because fed is one of my classmates from loughborough university he's doing his dissertation on basketball in africa and the role the nba and fiba are playing in developing the basketball africa league so it's going to revolve around that so just to give you a bit more background so basketball in africa specifically is run by fiba africa fiba is the international board for the game It's not the NBA. The NBA is a private body run by the United States. The main competition run by FIBA Africa is AfroBasket, which involves all the international countries going up against each other in Africa. And uh, then you have the Basketball Africa League, which is now at the pinnacle of the sport in the, the continent. And Fed is doing his research on the impact of basketball in Africa. So firstly, Fed, tell us about what was your motivation behind it? And at the same time, after that, what was what's the aim of the research?
1: All right. First of all, thank you, Mas, for uh, having me on the podcast. It obviously, we, we spoke about it uh, a few times throughout the year. And obviously, it's a great honor. You guys do amazing work um secondly just a little bit of, uh, a little bit just just to you know give a little background about myself as well um as you said i, I was lucky enough to play basketball at a at a pretty good level growing up which obviously played a major role in in my in my development as a person as an individual um and as an, as a you know uh, a master's students as well i was i actually never represented my country uh, I, I never played for national team unfortunately uh, I did represent my region multiple occasions, uh, uh, and I did, you know, have the opportunity to play and go up against certain players that, you know, went on to do amazing things. So that was, that was all part of my journey. Um, and, you know, very much shaped the person that I am today. As I always say, you know, uh, without that journey, I'd probably be somewhere else and, and probably somewhere, uh, not as nice, uh, in terms of, you know, the experience that I was lucky enough to uh, engage with. Yeah. So as you say, basically the, the, idea of the research came from a personal a personal interest in in the continent of Africa obviously in the game of basketball and and you know there's a personal attachment to the continent of Africa you know as you know I am my father is is partly from uh, Eritrea which is uh, you know used to be a region of Ethiopia has now got independence so it's a country in East Africa and I've never, I've never visited Africa myself, and I've been to the continent myself, and obviously uh, there are some deep roots there within me uh, that I've always wanted to explore. Uh, never got the opportunity to do that, um, and I thought, you know, we had this amazing opportunity as university students to explore a certain uh, topic. You know, we have the ability to travel the world and, you know, explore a country or a continent by doing research. Uh, I feel like it would be one of the best ways to really get to know the country itself, uh, and to get to know that specific topic that you, you're you interested in. So, you know, maybe the motivation was, you know, partly personal, partly, you know, interests and passions. And lastly would be, you know, obviously when the NBA made a move uh, and went public with the interest of trying to establish a league uh, in Africa uh, in a joint venture with FIBA. Uh, that caught a lot of attention, it certainly caught my attention as a basketball fan, as an NBA fan. And as we all know, you know, we watch basketball, we love basketball, and we know that when the NBA decides to move all the way with all its weight towards a certain objective, then very early does it fail. And, and you know, Africa is a concept full of potential. And so I, it just attracted me as a concept and I want to get to know more about it. And that's, you know, that's how the idea came about.
0: So, so you are actually heading to East Africa. You're going to be going to Kenya. You're going to Nairobi what was the motivation behind going there specifically and what are you trying to gain from your trip there as well
1: so the main motivation for me to go to kenya this summer came about when i when i you know um, i got in touch with a guy called tomaso marino who uh, is a, is a professional basketball player uh, in italy uh, has played for my uh, hometown club and uh, he's also a social media personality, and you know he's, uh, he's done a lot of th- a lot of different things. And one of the things that he's done, and one of the things, that most, you know, from my personal standpoint, one of the most impressive things he's done uh, as an entrepreneur is, is he founded a non profit basketball academy uh, that uh, currently operates across four different continents. Uh, but it was born in Kenya ten years ago. Uh, it's called Slam Dunk Basketball Academy, and uh, it's a social enterprise that uses basketball as a vehicle. Uh, for social empowerment, uh, social development, and so on and so forth. And, I mean, it, it just, you know, it just struck me as, a, as an incredible story of two guys, him and other uh, co-founder Bruno Charalos, also a basketball player, Argentinian basketball player who played in Italy for most of his career. Um, they just went to Kenya <laughs> and basically, you know, opened up this academy out of nowhere, you know, and kept going back year by year, summer after summer, in the off-season, and literally builds this whole thing from scratch and you know the operation is now very large again you know operates across four different continents bruno is from argentina so they have one in argentina they have a couple in africa they have one in italy and they're just opening a new one up in in cambodia in, in, in southeast asia and they've grown so much changed so many lives um using the game that we all love as 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 the tools do that right so uh, I've always wanted to visit one of these academies. You know, it, it merges all of my passions, traveling, getting to know people and cultures and basketball, obviously. So those are the main three things, a common, common denominator across my, my life experience so far. And I thought, you know, w- what is a good way for me to approach this guy? I knew uh, from his Instagram stories, from, you know, uh, what he said and, and, and how he spoke about it you know, slam dunk that he had a lot of interest of people just wanting to volunteer for the program. But he didn't have a lot of structure to, to to allow for that. So I thought the only way that I had really to bring something to the table was to try to help him out in a different way. And that way turned out to be research. So I just got in touch with Tommy through a mutual contact, a coach that we, that we both had. And he was the nicest, you know, most, you know, open guy ever uh, in his position. And he's just a dude, man. Just, we just got to know each other. Uh, I told him my idea. He told me that you know uh, I was very much uh, appreciated for for the idea, and that he loved it, and that we could you know get to work together, and and hopefully do some good for some people. So you know uh, that's how the trip idea came about. And what I'm hoping to get out of it is a tremendous life experience. So my first time in Africa is going to be with my brother. He's going to come along. With my brother Lorenzo, so. so. Uh, former basketball player and and, and sort my brother, so I, I love him. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna go down to to uh, Nairobi and we're gonna do some interviews, some focus groups. The main idea behind it is, you know, we have plenty of academics that write about things, speak about things, you know, and, and inform policy without really ever touching what they need to talk about and write about. Um, so if I'm gonna advise people on something, if I'm gonna consult people on something. And I don't want to know what I'm talking about. And I think like the only way I've ever really gotten to know anything in my life was to go there, speak to people, listen, uh, and just kind of try to learn about the, the environment. So that's that's the idea behind the behind the whole trip and the research as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds really groundbreaking in terms of what can be achieved through this Fed. And kudos to you for like going all in. And that's one thing that. We've really appreciated about you as a group in general. And we're so proud of what you are about to do. And, and we, you yourself know that, that when, whenever you set your goal on something, you do that. So it's an it's amazing nice. story, firstly. Now, just coming back to what you said, and let's talk a bit about the BAL. So since 2003, the NBA had launched Basketball Without Borders to just started these camps to sort of popularize, not popularize, but more so to like set up, just get more people playing basketball as, again, pre- using it as a tool for support and for growth and development of people in the region of Africa. Now, through that, obviously, they saw that this is the biggest market and then they set up the Basketball Africa League. So for uh, can you just share some your take rather on why do you think the NBA really did this and chose Africa specifically because they branched out to China first of course and now uh, it was like Africa always been a sleeping giant so what do you think was the tipping point so to speak for them?
1: I think you said it right I think firstly the NBA you know has has built itself into an international international uh, corporation you know in 20 We're now in 2022, about 20 years from when they launched the first Basketball Without Borders, uh, as you said, uh, and, and, you know, looking back, you know, there's 20 years two decades of of expanding and globalizing the game and a rollout. I mean, there is no other league uh, that has done it as consistently and as as efficiently as the NBA. Uh, And you now have, you know, NBA MVPs coming from Europe. You now have, you know. Draft picks, uh, a significant percentage of the draft coming from overseas. So it's now officially a global game. Uh, if you were to put up the five best uh, non-Americans against the five best Americans, you would have a hell of a game, and you know uh, it, it could, you know, very easily go go wrong for the Americans. Uh, and they understand that very well. They understand that the market is now a global market. You know, mm-hmm. if you said that 20, 25 years ago. Uh, you get slapped in the face in America, but it's now it's now reality, uh, you know, there is talent is everywhere. And that's a fact. Uh, it's a matter of finding it, refining it, nurturing it and funneling it up, you know, pipelining it uh, through the system in an efficient and ethical way. Something that they, they have been able to do um, remarkably well. And so, you know, Africa, again, from is the standpoint makes total sense uh it's 54 countries largest you know free trade area in the world demographics are unmatched worldwide they have they're going to have the youngest you know under 25 population in the world by its one to 50 so, you know anthropometrically from a basketball standpoint they're obviously the most gifted content of all so if you know if i were in charge of of you know tossing a coin and, and deciding you know which one of constant is what do I want to invest the next fifteen years of my operation in? It'd be a no-brainer, absolutely. You know, it's it's got to be Africa. You know, um, and there's also a, a certain connection, you know, between the United States and Africa. I think, you know, so much of the league uh, and league history, American sports in general, particularly the NBA, has been built on the back of, of African American athletes. You know, outstanding, incredible athletes, which has which have contributed, you know, in excess to what they have been retributes it with, uh, if if you put it in in numerical aspects, in numerical terms as well. So it kind of feels like it's now a sign, you know, to give back to to the the mother of this talent, which is the continent of Africa. Uh, And the way to do that is organically and sustainably from a social standpoint, uh, in a way that African players shouldn't have to go to the US and abandon their families, or shouldn't have to go to Europe and abandon their families to make a living uh, with what they're great at, which is, amongst other things, Sport, you know, and basketball in this case. So the there is there is a very kind of you know F, you know almost a romantic aspect to this operation where we want to have the BAL, which is now NBA subsidized, you know, walking on his own legs in fifteen years from now, and you're going to have players, executives, marketing executives, you know, doctors and physios that are from Africa, you know, and and that's why the scope of the project it extends far beyond. The basketball court uh, it's it's social it's economic it's everything you know it's far beyond basketball and basketball again is, is just a very very good vehicle uh that allows you to do that you know 15 20 years from now what i would want to see if i were ever ever lucky enough to be part of this of this movement would be to have you know african-born people run the thing you know run the show for once and develop it for themselves and 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 that'd be amazing that'd be absolutely amazing
0: I think you hit the nail on the head with that, Fair. I love what the NBA has done so far in terms of at least appointing people who are Africans itself to run the BAL from ground up. And that's something that is a major takeaway. I'll just come to the next question. Now, the FIBA and the NBA have been at loggerheads for a long time. But now they've sort of come together for the league. And what do you think made that work?
1: That's a great question, Miles. I think, you know, the main idea behind this collaboration is obviously mutual interest. You won't convince either of those, you know, immense organizations to just to come together for fun. Um, there needs to be interest, and, and there needs to be a vision behind it. And I think the vision, you know, the answer, the answer to that question um, is us exactly what we're in the point that we tried to make before trying to make before which is it has now become a global game you know it has now become a game that belongs to to the world not only the united states and you know FIBA is the international governing body for the game of basketball worldwide but if i were to think back and say okay so i think basketball what do i think i certainly don't think about FIBA. i think about the nba because uh, they are the ones that have built this game for everyone and have inspired uh, generations to play the game. Um, and it was about time they, they came together in a, in a long-term commitment, which went over just a yearly camp, you know, the first collaboration they had was actually the Basketball Without Borders. Uh, that was that was a collaboration NBA and FIBA had, but that wasn't a very large commitment. You know, it made a huge difference for the people that, uh, that you know, went through the program and went on to become basketball stars and changed lives so many back home. But in terms of, of scale, the BAL is 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 totally is is a totally different um, ball game, uh, and I think you know there is there is everything to be gained and nothing to be lost from this collaboration. So I think the tipping point there was understanding that you know the next 20 years, uh, for many different reasons, uh, are gonna have to look at the whole world rather than just the United States, or rather than just Europe uh, and Africa seems like a sensible next uh, next stop to really go and.
0: Now, we both read the ESPN article about the NBA's plan to find the next Giannis in Nigeria. Is there scope for this to happen with the WNBA too? Do you think that they will launch a women's basketball league in Africa, let's say, within the next five years? Do you see that happening?
1: Um, I think I think that's that's something that everyone wants to see happening. I don't see any good reason for for that not to happen. Um, Africa has produced inc- incredible athletes, male and female, and WNBA is a growing league, just like the NBA.
0: Um, so moving on, Fed. Yeah. Next question is, how can the NBA's expansion be this catalyst for the future of tourism? in the region because obviously we know that sport has a massive impact on the gdp of af- every african nation so where do you think the bel can take africa in terms of tourism because we've read a lot about there have been a lot of articles you and i have been reading those as well around the additional benefits of the BAL to the region so what's your take on that yeah
1: uh, yeah exactly it's, it, it, you're correct in pointing that out, I think, you know, the BL has, has you know, hundreds of, of collateral benefits that haven't been really accounted for in the, in the regional plans and tourism tourism obviously being one of those. I mean, Africa is constant and certain specific countries of Africa even more are, uh, you know, very popular touristic destinations already. And, you know, some of the people that, that travel to Africa are Europeans, are Americans, are are people from india anywhere really so it's a, it's a very it's a very popular uh destination and, and people love sport you know and that's just a fact i think what nba gets right is a very simple things and they get the very simple things very right i mean like you know tourism and sports are go hand in hand you know mega events and tourism are are you know often uh, put together and and, and in the same packs by universities as well. There are sports, uh, uh, leisure and tourism uh, programs in every university. And that, and that that's, there is a reason for it, which is, you know, people will travel and people will travel to beautiful places and people will travel to beautiful places to watch sport and to get watch high level basketball. Then that's an additional reason for it. So, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to come down to the quality of the events uh, and I can assure you, I've, I've spoken to some people and, you know, all you need to do is watch some tape of, of these 2022 players uh, of the BAL and you will see all you need to see. I mean, like those games are a different level of, of entertainment. And I myself would have loved to go down there. Now, COVID certainly impaired that first couple years of, of uh, that are usually very important for, you know, the initial propulsion and the initial jump. But I'm confident that, that, that you know, uh, the BAL will pick up again the next five to six, seven years and it'd be amazing. So tourism is definitely a huge, huge pillar of the operation. Absolutely. No
0: questions asked. The BAL has Fed already got a valuation of over a billion dollars, that is. And like you said, two years gone by with COVID. And I mean Africa's had its fair share of other problems as well in terms of different sort of things they've had to deal with throughout and it just seems like it's a country plagued with something or the other so BAL definitely helped bring some joy and fun to a continent that has just seen the harsh side of everything pretty much. My final question is what is next for basketball in Africa and where do you see What does the future hold for the nba as well eventually do you think they are going to sort of create a draft channel from africa into the ncaa Uh, of course that's something the nba doesn't really control but eventually if there is something then the scouts will start driving into that and then scouting for the ncaa teams
1: you know, there, there, there are endless possibilities, you know. Uh, again, when, when such giants of sports collide and come together uh, in this collaborations, you know, the sky's the limit, really. There is no upper ceiling to what can be done. It'd be very much on the, on the executives on, on deciding, you know, what, what direction it needs to take. I don't want to speak about my research so much, but one of the things that I'll be looking at, specifically, will be, you know, the role that, you know, non-profit basketball organizations like the one that I'm visiting in a couple of weeks, can have in building this ecosystem you know i think the real game changer to build an ecosystem organically and sustainably but really not not you know that corporate bullshit we've been fed sorry can i say bullshit i'll say it anyway (laughs) you (laughs) can
0: say anything on our podcast
1: basically i think our generation what, what we have to get right is that we've been fed that bullshit corporate propaganda for too long you know greenwashing it it is almost a euphemism a compliment for what we've been fed for, for 20 years now. And I think the role that we have is to really adopt a no bullshit policy on on strategy and policymaking and say, what is the best for the people? The game belongs to the people. It is a private corporation for profit, clearly. But if there is one corporation that I trust in doing this correctly, it's the NBA. Now, the way that I see it is Local realities, local organizations that have skin in the game that want this to happen because they need it can play a massive role in in the development from the ground up. You know, I don't believe in the helicopter approach that Europeans and and Americans have used, Westerners in general, have used in the continents such as Africa for forever. Really, they arrived, they think they know how to run things, they don't understand the culture, they don't care because they think they do it right anyway. They just drop whatever. You know put some money you know pay some officials and then they go back something happens you know obviously it won't work because you need people to run things people to care and i think the only way to do that is involving people that care people that have skin in the game uh and that's really how you build a, a non-fragile system which is something that you know concept that i'm borrowing from and i seem to love and applying it to, to the sports ecosystem i would want to see as i said in the opening line. I would want to see young Africans take charge. Young Africans, you know, build their continent back up from the ground up organically, in a truly, truly sustainable, socially sustainable way. I think that 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 is the future. And in 15, 20 years from now, I think I want what I want to see is a certain degree of independence of the BAL. And we understand that you know it's NBA subsidized, and there are going to be ties that you know are are obviously binding, and that's okay. But I think what people want to see now is that you know we understood that there is more to profit. There, there, there is more than profit. Sorry, to basketball and and the returns, the long-term returns on that, you know, to social capital, uh, the real sustainability that can be gained out of it uh, are tremendous. And it's our it's our, our duty as sports managers of the future to really to really um to really be uh, gatekeepers for that that sort of uh, that sort of approach. Uh, and mentality so these are the wishes that I
0: have when Fed talks sometimes it makes you wonder how old he is but sharing (laughs) sharing so much wisdom (laughs) at such a tender age but but it's amazing it's it's an amazing story Fed and it's quite clear for everyone to see that your passion for the game and for having an impact on society at large is clearly evident, and you're a man of the world not because you've lived in several places and because you've traveled the world and seen things. It's because you genuinely care about other people, and I think that will hold you in good stead as well going forward. I'm sure everyone who watches this will learn a lot from it and have a lot of a lot to take away about. Definitely, your knowledge about the BAL specifically as well is probably unmatched i would say uh, because no, it, it's one thing that no one really has understood clearly to be honest i myself who have been who has been following this for a long long time is still very unclear but now i think you've answered all of those questions now coming just to end the podcast on a slightly light note we always do this with all our guests it's yes, a sir. quick rapid fire it's just going to be very basic stuff. I'm going to ask you questions. Don't think too much. Give me an answer straight away. So okay. I'm going on with the first one. And this is all of the tough for me as well. So it's kind of like a rapid fire for me too. So the first one is LeBron James or Luka Doncic? LeBron. How? I really thought you'll take some time for that one, but you're clearly too sure about it. Okay. <laughs> if you had to choose between meeting janice for one day or eating dinner with megan fox what would oh. you pick uh
1: where am i going to dinner
0: though <laughs> it's just dinner. i mean it could be mcdonald's it, it, but i don't know it's megan listen, fox
1: megan fox is my childhood crush so i mean i love janice but it, it had to be megan uh, i think it has to be megan at this point <laughs>
0: Yeah, man. Honestly, like, uh, yeah, I think it's too tough. If 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 it's Megan Fox, you can't say no. It's as simple as that. Just uh, <laughs> Okay.
1: <It's difficult.
0: laughs> J Cole or Quavo, the better basketball player.
1: I think Quavo is pretty good, man. I watched him tape Quavo. Uh, Quavo, Quavo is, is decent. I think could have played. Uh, could have played a. Uh, could have gone, could have gone on to play some serious basketball. I don't think you ever got the opportunity. Oh, J Cole now plays in the Canadian uh, basketball league, right? Um, there is one thing to be said about that. When when they sub, when the coach subs you in, and your one of your bangers is playing in the background, I think it doesn't get much better than that, <laughs> is it? So I mean, that, J Cole has done it, but I think Quavo talent-wise is is, is might have something,
0: something more. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it, it was a tough one. I was giving this a thought myself, and I couldn't come up with an answer because I wasn't sure. Because Quavo's a multiple-time MVP in the All-Star game. That's not much to go by, but still.
1: Yeah, Chris Brown is actually a really good basketball player as well.
0: Drake's pretty good as well. Like, I, I think they've all just got it, man. They've they've got Mad. the talent. Pogba's pretty good too, but his documentary <laughs> is not as successful as his basketball skills and. True. It's, it's the lowest rated documentary ever so far on imd it's 1.1 in
1: the history of documentaries literally it's 1.1
0: rate. and the lowest rating you can give is one that's how bad it is
1: oh my god yeah not even his mother gave him five stars man that's sad god damn.
0: it's out of 10 it's out of 10 oh friend. it's out of 10
1: it's out of 10 <laughs> oh wow i thought it was fine damn no that's terrible god damn <laughs>
0: He's a disgrace. <laughs> Absolutely disgrace. With the worst documentary ever. Who would have thought? This one's a tricky one. Would you rather have Jimmy Butler's defense or Jason Tatum scoring?
1: That's a good question. I think Jay Tatum is, is a very, very strong offensive player. Uh, but I think he's an elite attacker but I think I think Jim Butler's uh, defensive skills are are just you know all-star level so you know uh, they say you know um, offense wins games but
0: defense wins championships agreed and one last question to round it off who's going to win MVP next year? regular season mvp i'm not gonna test your finals mvp
1: that's a fun man i want to i just want to go with luca just because like (laughs) i i just love the kid and i think i think luca luca has everything that he takes to win a, a regular season mvp in the nba you know i'm also a hopeless romantic so i'd say if it was ever to happen another lebron mvp i'm just you know that'd be everything that'd be everything, absolutely everything. I think, you know, uh, that's a very political award as well. So obviously we understand the dynamic go behind it. I think personally, you know, LeBron should have won it at least, I don't know, what is it 17 or 18 seasons that he has played in the NBA? 2003, 2022. So yeah, I think he should have won it at least 60% of the time, 70% of the time. I mean, like the guy was unbelievable for at least uh, 15 of those uh, 17 seasons. So he's just uh, on a different level, but like realistically, I want
0: Lucas to have it next year. I think fair enough. I am the hopeless romantic here, and I'm going to pick LeBron James to win it, but that's also because I need the Lakers to win. So it's as Ooh, simple as that. I about it. <laughs> but, but anyway, absolute pleasure to have you on board, Fed. This was in the works for a long, long time. Apologies, sincere apologies for not bringing, ha- making this happen earlier. But it's been a great time. For all those viewers who tuned in, thank you so much. You know the drill. Like, share, subscribe, comment. If you want to get in touch with this amazing Italian stallion that we have here, then just hit us up as well. Uh, he's more than happy to share his thoughts on basketball. Um, has And he's sitting in Italy right now. But you can potentially catch him in London at some point as well. But, oh, actually, now we never know he could he'll be in kenya soon and could be somewhere else again but again pleasure to have you fed and uh, thank you all for tuning in till next week take care stay safe and we'll see you soon bye-bye if you like this episode make sure to leave a like and share it with anyone else who might be interested you can also subscribe on any social media platform that you prefer and all our links are in the bio We also have a website with all our episodes as well as blogs and a whole lot of other sports content so make sure to check that out as well.